What is up, Fight Fam? From the ever-beautiful City of Angels, this is Cage Free Chicks, a combat sports-centered podcast by women, about women, and for everyone, where we take a look into the world of combat sports through the female lens and discuss how martial arts have helped shape some of the toughest women on the planet. As always, we're your favorite Cage Free Chicks, Nadia and Michelle. For episode 15, we're joined by Lydia Daydahl, creator of Fight Connect TV. Lydia's journey is a very inspiring story of course correction, self-discovery, and finding a new form of expression through a venue she never thought possible. She takes us through pivotal moments in her life and the lessons she learned from them, starting with her career as the singer of the Irish rock band Sweet Jane, to finding jiu-jitsu, to her current venture as a leader in the Irish combat media world. She is also a panelist on Elaine, a Virgin Media One talk show, Brazilian jiu-jitsu blue belt, now a fellow podcaster, and ultimately, Lydia is an amazing role model, incredibly driven, kind, and empathetic. Enjoy! Lydia, thank you so much for being with us across the thank world. You. This is so awesome. Um, our joke, our little joke yeah, is, you yeah, know. The beauty. <laughs> yeah. Technology is amazing. Yeah. I know. <laughs> you know, your parents always tell you don't talk to people on the internet. And then, and then that's all we're yeah. doing. <laughs> this whole show is talking to people <laughs> yeah. from, from the internet. So so thank you so much for, for being with us here today. Um, for those who maybe don't know a ton about you, if you wouldn't mind telling us um what you do uh just a what, little just a little a short a short little bio notes. and then you know uh, we can take tangents from there and and go from there yeah of course um so i am the creator of a combat sports media platform called fight connect tv just recently changed the name it was called mma connect tv um and when i started the company nearly four years ago um we just covered mma and then obviously with the growth of everything um, we slowly just kind of said, you know, it doesn't make sense for us to just be MA anymore. Right. So I just recently put up the courage to change the name to Fight Connect TV now. Congrats. Um, thank you. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. So it was, it was pretty nerve-wracking. Um, but there's a plans for next year. So there's plans in boxing and jiu-jitsu and Muay Thai and stuff. So um, oh it made gosh. sense to change. So exciting. Nerve-wracking, yeah. nerve-wracking all the same because it's like, you know, your baby and yeah. you know, people people are so used to the brand and um yesterday was actually it's cool that you guys are um calling me today because uh yesterday was the first day that i filmed under if i can actually <gasps> congrats the first time. so i was oh, like amazing. trying to you know adjust in my interviews been like oh it's video they don't and make an xtv but um yeah i think it went well so we heard you on Patty's. Yeah. We heard you. We thought your story was so amazing, and we thought that so many people could kind of probably uh, actually relate to your story. So I just want to to give people a brief sort of history of Lydia, um, yeah. and and just say that you know you've been training jujitsu for some for some time now, but it wasn't always that way, correct? Like you were in a band, you or the lead singer of a band, which is so exciting. That is amazing, <laughs> yeah. Um, and and if I have it correctly, um, that life was not necessarily the healthiest of lives <laughs> for yeah, you. Of course, for many reasons, it wasn't very healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for any of your listeners who are involved in music, um, it's a very strange environment. Um, it's not very realistic. Um, it's very superficial. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very demanding. Um, and it's very taxing on the human psyche as well yes. because oh, of, the, of the entire circle of how music works. You know, you um, make a record, so you have the creative element of it, and then you 
um, mix the record and then you try and, if you're lucky enough to have a record label, they release it or you try and release it yourself. And there's this whole kind of creative um, process that's involved in making music or being creative like that. Um, and then obviously when it's released, you tour and, you know, you spend a very long amount of time touring the records. And, you know, what happens is you release it in Ireland, you tour Ireland, you release it in the UK. Period. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. America. So it's like you know, it takes a long time, and it can usually be about nine months a year that you can be on tour, singing the same songs, doing the same set over and over again, living on a bus, living kind of like you know, Seven Elevens or oh no, you know, petrol stations or or car stations. I don't know what you guys call yeah, yeah. But um, um, you know, so you're not eating healthily. Your alcohol is always involved. Yeah. Definitely was for me as well. Um, and you know you're the bigger that your band gets you are sort of opening the door to let people in that might not not, not that they're not good people but they're surrounded by you for wrong reasons yeah. because you're in a band because you're playing a gig tonight because you know such and such and you know just after time it just you know I didn't understand it at the time now I do because obviously through starting jiu-jitsu and changing my life I realised that you know I'm a very um, sensitive person mm-hmm. I need to be very focused, I need to be driven, I need to have goals to achieve them, and I need Mm -hmm. to, like, be healthy, you know, as as well as I can be, as in I can, you know, eat well, train, and and that's what makes me happy, you know, I'm actually quite a simple person, (laughs) as opposed to when I was in the band, I thought it was quite complicated, and I needed, like, a lot of techniques, but that, you know, really wasn't the case, Um, so yeah, just, you know, it was, and also, when I started the band, you know, it was very creative and it was very the challenge of getting signed right, or, yeah. you know, putting out a record or touring or someone paying for you to go on tour, <laughs> you know, it was like all the exciting things that right. you hope that will happen from when you're like a teenager. Wow, that's and insane. Happen and you feel very, um, like you're obviously grateful. Right. Um, but you, it's just, it, it's not as you expected it to be. Because yeah. it's still a struggle. Yeah. You, know, you, you, you're, you get paid to go on tour or, or somebody pays for you to go on tour and you're living the dream. You're like, oh, I get to tour the world and the band. But there's still other stuff that in the background that doesn't, you know, like, yeah. might, be, might not be able to pay your rent. Right. You know? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and I'm sure just like the, the whole creative process is also very daunting. You know, like making art, you have to give a little bit of yourself and on top of like all of the physical things, like you said, touring and all of the... Um, on like vices that are enticing around you. You mentioned something earlier how um, it's always like you have to sing the same songs and it's like so repetitive. I always wondered what that is like, like because you know you have bands that have been around for like a billion years. You know, like the Rolling Stones. Like when they sing the same songs that like got them <laughs> popular, it's just like what what is that like having to go you know city to city and then sing the same words over and over again like. Does it get tiring or is it just kind of like one of those days type of situations? It's funny how you kind of get desensitized to sort of, I suppose, creative element. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's so sad. Know, it is, it is. But it, it does have the ability to change as well, though. It kind of, the creative aspect of it sometimes does stunt when you're singing songs over and over again. But you can be surprised or you can go to a certain town or play a certain gig or a festival and there's different stages. Like the first time you sing a new song oh. in front of a crowd, it's like, you know, <laughs> yeah. how they respond. And then if they respond like really positively, then you're 
like really excited when you get off stage and then you know if you've been touring for a long time and then you go to a festival in the summer oh. when you know everyone's fun and you know everyone's yeah. like you know on holiday and stuff yeah and then you have a crowd of people singing back your song to you oh, oh that must be so <laughs> insane yeah it, it is you know and like i mean we we were we done well but yeah. Not, you know there, there's bands out there that you know, yeah. get it in tenfold today, yeah, yeah, but yeah, of course. to be able to even experience that you know a couple of thousand people is, is like you know incredible you know there's different stages of the journey that I definitely look back and go I can't believe you were able to do that you know like <laughs> you know go you like high five yeah. myself like, well done yeah um, you should high five yourself that's incredible it's so funny when we were putting together notes on you I was like I want to see this side of her and so you know I, I looked up some videos and I was like oh Oh my gosh like you look like a different, a different person you know compared to, to so <laughs> different yeah but um, and it's really funny i'm like learning to well i'm trying to learn to kind of embrace the past and oh, like, yeah. watch the videos but it's <laughs> really oh just because i it, i feel like i look terrible no and, no i do I feel like I terrible. and also i kind of remember like the, oh, the, the times yeah so you can see i know the gigs that like you know i watch the live videos and i go oh okay, i remember when we had a big argument before then <laughs> okay, or yeah. you know i like dying of a hangover oh no you know, so transitioning from from your days as a amazing singer going into jujitsu how did you find jujitsu and and what was that like discovering something so i don't know it seems so like crazy to you know, from yeah it was nuts you know i finished the band and i was kind of like really done with music I was like I don't think I can ever you know lift up a guitar again yeah. never mind you know um, play, like sing a song um, so I was just like you know enjoying life and well what I thought it was enjoying life like I was partying quite a yeah. bit and you know I was just hanging out with friends and stuff and reconnecting with people and I don't know, I just felt like that something had to change, that yeah. the way I was living wasn't right, and um, I was getting older, I was 29, I was turning 30, and, you know, I felt like I was just acting like, you know, a teenager, or someone that was just in their early 20s, and, you know, I just felt like I needed to do something, but I really didn't know how to, didn't know what it was that I wanted to do, um, my identity was in music, and, and that whole side, so I was like, well, how do I... I don't even know who I am. Yeah. How do you figure out who you are? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, like there's no, there's all these books out there where, like, to actually do it is very, very yeah. hard. I feel so you I on was, this really hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we both absolutely. do. And it's like, it's, it's a, and still, I wake up in the morning and I'm like, what's going on? Do I know who I am? Like, am I happy? Or, you know, like, yep. it's very, I don't think anyone knows no. really yeah. like, until you know, the ends. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully you like, so in the last moments of breath, you kind of go, oh, I, I, I was on the right path. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, but um, yeah, so a friend of mine, um, her boyfriend is a judo black belt. Mm -hmm. And apart from my brother, who like boxed all his life and who had started MMA, I didn't know anybody else who, who done martial arts or combat yeah. sports. And my brother was always very sporty. Um, so I was just like, okay, I'm creative, he's sporty, and that's just the way oh, okay. we're oh, built, okay. you know. And you never and thought you never, could. Exactly. Never thought about, like, asking him, you know, hey, you know, would you be interested in doing something with me or how can I get started? I was kind of, I suppose, embarrassed as well. Yeah. It's like, you know, my younger brother yeah. was like, oh, I'm, I'm his, like, cool, creative music sister, you know. Like, yeah. um, like, can you teach me to fight? I didn't want to be like, yeah, I'm like, I didn't want to be like, I'm having a midlife crisis. And, like, <laughs> you know? um, so my 
my friend's boyfriend was out one night and I was really drunk and I always wrestle people when I'm drunk, like, you know, like trying to take Amazing. them down. But I, at the time, I didn't know I was, you like, trying to take people down. I just, like, thought I was really aggressive and drunk. Yeah. Um, and he was like, you know, he's like, you always do this when you have a few drinks on you. You should actually go and do jiu-jitsu. You'd really enjoy it. And I was like, oh, I don't even know what jiu-jitsu is. <laughs> and um, he brought me the next week to his uh, judo gym before he started his kids class and was like you know okay so put on this kimono so it's like a, a judo <laughs> yeah. kimono yeah. and he like taught me like a few basics you know warm-up drills and, and stuff awesome. like that i just really enjoyed it and it was just something that like i'd never done before and it was like really exciting just different you know and a challenge and i i I sort of felt like I was being really sporty and like, <laughs> right, you know, right. embracing yeah. this like you know it's like that typical you know somebody like starts trading and it gets a gym membership and they're like on Instagram and like all the <laughs> yes. like, like, water and they're like you know yeah. you, know, you have your and, kimono uh, on you're like white yeah, belt day like, one <laughs> I'm like literally a fighter um, and then it's like, oh my uh, gosh, you know, that's oh, adorable. I can't teach you anymore. You yeah. have to go to a gym. You have to go to an academy. And I was like, okay, well, where does one go? You know, I was right. Like, I actually thought it was like, you know, Brad Pitt Flight Club. You know, like, <laughs> oh, no. it's an underground thing. Like, yeah. what, what, what happened? Well, you know, so a lot of people he, still think it's that way. So, <laughs> tell me about it, right? Um, so he had recommended uh, East Coast Jiu Jitsu Academy which was, you know, it was about an hour on a bus yeah. away from where I lived. So it was a bit of a trek out. But he was like, look, they have a couple of girls there and they, they're a gym that has the most girls in Dublin. So wow. about there, at least you have other women. Such a um, nice, like, so sort, sort of thinking from him for, on, on his part to think to mm. even think of that for you. Because I feel like most people will just be like, just, just go to this place. Like, not even have the wherewithal yeah. to think, like, oh, you're a woman. You might want to actually train with women. So that's, that's really cool. Yeah. Like now, in hindsight, when I look back on it, I realize the sort of the value of him being so, um, you know, accommodating. Yeah. And, and you know, yeah. giving me so much information. It was really, I, I, I like... owe him everything. Every time I say to him, <laughs> see him, I'm like, you know, I owe this is all because of you, you know? Yeah. So I got there and, you know, I, classic, you know, it was like something from a movie. I just couldn't go in. I just looked at the door. Oh. I didn't even yeah. see the mats. And I was like, I can't. I can't do it. I just, I just, just couldn't do it so I left and I got onto the street because it was kind of like in this sort of business park mm -hmm. and I got onto the street and um, I just paced the street and I looked at my watch and it was like 10 to 12 the class was at 12 oh. and I just for 20 minutes I just kept walking so it was I was late I was 10 minutes late it was 10 past 12 and something I don't know what yeah. you know if you believe in the universe and oh, you, know, yeah. <laughs> you know the law of attraction and you know what will be will be and, and so on then I, I believe that it was like you know my destiny or wow. something you know to, to really like I just had it felt a pull it's the only thing I can describe it as it was like a pull inside me that just turned me around and just I just went in that's and, so cool you know that moment is something that I will never forget something that I always draw on um, no matter you know how bad the week is or what's going on I always or if I feel that I don't have the strength to overcome something um, I always remember that moment because it, I, I shocked myself you know I didn't think that I was a strong person and then here I am just like something just overcomes me and I'm just like right you're going in that's it and that's amazing that I was late and it was my first day you know there was so many variables of why yeah. I shouldn't have gone in I should have just gone back the next week and started afresh mm -hmm. you know it's a classic thing of like oh I'll start tomorrow I'll do oh, yeah. tomorrow I'll do yeah. tomorrow you know yeah. that kind of way oh yeah but I went in 
and um, the coach that was there was like, yeah, yeah, it's fine, don't worry, you're late, like, just join us, and look, I won't lie, I was terrible, of course. And oh, I was terrible yeah. for a long time, <laughs> you know, and I went there, I was overweight, and, you know, you, like, you don't think you're overweight when you're kind of just living life, mm-hmm. and you're like, you know, you can just look good and you can put on tan and makeup and do your hair and yeah. you kind of feel okay right when you actually strip yourself down and you put on a gi or a kimono and they're so big and unattractive <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know it's like you really, you really see yeah 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 you feel it and you feel it is, is a thing you know where you know you're trying to do the movement and basic drills and you can't you're uncomfortable and you're out of your comfort zone you don't know what you're doing and you're nervous and but something just made me stay and really I for a full year I stopped drinking I stopped smoking I stopped taking drugs and I wasn't taking drugs as in like hard drugs I was taking sleeping tablets Uh were you like justifying to yourself like oh it's like it's not that bad you know like what I'm doing is sort of like like like, I, I need to sleep so I have to take this and it's like yeah. no just go to sleep <laughs> yeah you know it was like yeah. I would work myself up so much about like you know things that were going on and I would analyze over in my head and I would torture myself and mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to sleep mm-hmm. so yeah. I would you know I would stay up all night and then the next day I would be so exhausted and I'd take a sleeping tablet in the morning oh my gosh you know, just to just to sleep throughout the day so that I could you know, it had to be somewhere that night yeah. or something, yeah. or you know, just just really dysfunctional wow. way of living mm-hmm. and stuff. Then like Xanax, you know, if I was having like you know, I'm having a panic attack. You know, oh, tell yeah. myself I'm having a panic attack, so yeah. I need to have Xanax. Mm-hmm. And and you know, just different stuff for like that. So and also because these drugs are legal and they're prescribed by yeah. doctors who are meant to be like the pillars Very of society. Um, you know, you feel like you're helping yourself, and yeah. you feel like you believe that what is yeah. being tablets help you. It's mo- it's like you think it's like oh it's medicine versus like it's drugs, yeah. Absolutely, you know what I mean. And and then you don't you know you think like you need it and you don't feel like it's an addiction. You feel like your body just needs it. Yeah, um, I think it's like super fascinating how you went from a world where it was all about putting on kind of a, an appearance, you know, with your music, and it was all about like how you look, how you're presenting into the crowd, and this kind of like openness in a way but it's like superficial to going to jujitsu where like you said you get stripped down to like the very basic what you are and we've talked about this previously with another guest how when everyone puts the gi on it's like it's all neutral like it's not really like man woman doctor musician whatever it's like everyone's there for a common goal and it's funny how you in in that world where you have to be so raw you you were feeling apprehension versus like the show business world where you have to be on all the time. It's like fascinating. And it's a very, a very good point that you actually do point that out because, you know, that was one of the things that struck me after a couple of weeks. Cause obviously as you train jujitsu and as you get more accustomed, your ego gets broken down. Your ego is constantly dissolving the more that you go and the more that you train. And, you know, there were stages where I was, you know, a flash would come into my head go like oh I wouldn't say it but I would feel like oh well I'm Lydia Daydar from CJ you know I'm a singer I spent 10 years yeah. in music and you know and then you just get this moment where you're like 
you're no, you know, yeah, yeah, it's not you know you're nothing, but it's yeah. like you're on a complete par with these people, and that's what jujitsu teaches you that it doesn't matter your background, your creed, your um, sexual preference, your you know what you have for breakfast. It does yeah. not matter. Everyone is equal. You get broken down, and you know you're very much aware that you're an equal and that you have the same start points as right. everyone. You know, and I think that's in a world where people have different start points depending on their circumstances, yeah. you know, whether it be your parents have money or you don't have money or you have an education or you don't have an education or you have a disability in some form, you know, whether that's mental or, you know, there's so many different start yeah. points for people. Um, and to be able to go to jiu and for everyone to be on the same path, I think that was, you know, something that definitely... Um, just made me love the sports even more, you know, and and, yeah. and love the environment. I think that's what, you know, and, and as as much as I at the start got that thing of that ego coming in, it mm-hmm. was also like hugely important to me being able to just let go of the past and yeah. become yeah. my own person and become real and become you know figure out who I really was. Was that I was able to go and I was able to not be recognized. No one wants to get a picture taken with me. No one wants to buy me a drink. Nobody wanted to, you know, people just wanted to trip in with me and they didn't know anything about me. And, you know, nobody asks you, well, what do you do for work? Or, um, you know, where do you live? Or it's just about jiu jitsu. That's it. And it was a really, really safe space that um, I was allowed to just be free and to just develop and, you know, and, I think for a lot of people that don't do jiu-jitsu or that don't do martial arts in some capacity, maybe to hear me talking like that might be like, oh, that sounds like ridiculous, you know. But it, <laughs> but it really is like it, that, yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's life-changing. It changed everything. Like, I mean, you, yeah. if you sat me 10 years ago next to me now, you would be like, that is, you know, uh, an identical twin that, you know, was raised on a different part of the world. <laughs> you know, you, you, yeah. you, would, you would be able to um, to put us together, I don't think, you know. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I, I done jiu-jitsu for a year. Um, I moved from the city centre out to, like, you know, the harbour, which is, like, where the loads of boats and sea, mm-hmm. you know, to where the gym was. And I just, you know, cut off people that didn't serve me anymore that's you know? so and, important um, <laughs> that's like that's huge a hard skill to learn too it yeah. is and it's very it's very you know you read it in a lot of um a lot of books a lot of like self-help podcasts yeah. and different things and you know, cut off keep your circle small cut off the negative toxic people but my issue was never acknowledging that information it was how do you do that and how, yeah, how yeah. do you know who is toxic and how do you know who's negative and it's so hard when you it's really hard, but I think when you take yourself out of the situation and put yourself into a brand new situation, mm-hmm. whether that be a living environment, you know, what you do day to day, if you change absolutely everything and do it for, you know, three to six months, when you go back to your old living environment, yeah. your gut will tell you, you know, your 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 mind, your your heart, your, your makeup, you know, tells you this doesn't feel right and right. You trust your gut on that, you know. That's so important, and it's so funny you're saying that, because we're both kind of going through a similar thing right now. It's like, do we continue on the path that we're on, or do we take <laughs> another path? Like, yeah. So, no, no, not with the podcast. That yeah. is, like, definitely yeah. Yeah. Our, But, you know, our, <laughs> our, our day jobs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, listen, I, like, I mean, you know, a lot of people 
now think that you know even with what I'm doing with like Connect TV like oh you've got it sewn up and you know you know exactly what you're doing and like this is the thing. but like I, I wake up most mornings and go like what am I doing is this the right thing for me what am I doing yeah. like you know I still worry I still have to pay rent every month and yeah. I still worry about paying rent and I still go oh god how do I pay rent right. so I'm, de- I'm not out of the waters yet at all by any means you know so again that's something to be aware of with like social media and like the idea yeah. that mm-hmm. people have their lives together you know oh yeah people that's... don't people do not and I think the key detail for me is to you know always question but to never stop trying yeah so that's to so good continuously yeah. just say well maybe this path is is what i'm meant to do okay let's try that and just to continue move forward always and then uh, you know be able to pay your rent <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. That, that's really the struggle yeah sometimes no balancing that yeah we love doing the podcast and it's so fun to talk to people and and i always tell her like man you know, if only just made us money to pay our rent <laughs> that would change everything but, but yeah oh, but to the point that uh you made how like you you wake up every morning and you still question whether or not it's the right path for you i feel like the moment you stop questioning it is when it's like yeah. because like if, if you're not constantly like troubleshooting or like yeah 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 i'm doing this because it, you have to like actively make choices to follow what you want to do and so i think the moment you stop questioning whether or not it is something that you want to do is when you know that it's not the right path <laughs> yeah absolutely um you know i i had faced such a dynamic as well in that you know I was never able to work for other people. I'm able to work for people in like the capacity of, you know, I'm able to be hired to cover an event. And Mm -hmm. when I, when I cover an event, the promoter is essentially my boss for gaming or for wherever. So I'm okay. I'm great in that capacity, but I'm not good when it comes to, you know, going to a job where someone is telling you what to do and, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. You are preaching to the choir here. Because they're in a a higher position in the company that they know better than you, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, that was something that I struggled with, especially when I was working in PR and social media and digital marketing. You know, I was like, no, I really think this is a good idea. No, I don't think that's so good. You know, maybe we should try this, you know. And it, it's always politics kind of, or some sort of... Yeah. Yeah. Something, yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, now that I, I always knew that I had to just do something myself and it would have to be my own thing. But also, you have the sort of you know you basically you celebrate the highs alone mm-hmm. but you also have to deal with the lows or the wrong decisions yeah, right. as well and that can be very hard you know and um lonely you know that you sort of you just have to sit at your desk <laughs> many days where I'm just like at my desk on my laptop trying to like you know getting deals in or you know trying to create deals and going is this the right thing and especially when you know, now I'm at a stage where people are, you know, contracts are coming in for like year contracts or Ooh, two years. And I'm yeah. like, damn, like, is this really the right move that I make? Because then it's two years. Yeah, it's yeah. a big like, commitment. And then, you know, I'm 34 next, like then I'm 36, you right. know, and then are you 40? And then are you like, you know, still unable to pay rent at 43? But these are all fears that come into my head, but they're, I'm very aware that they're also fears that, you know, have been... Uh, projected onto us from society oh, totally. you know, oh absolutely you know that we all have a, a time clock and you know you, by 30 you should have this and by 35 you should have this yeah you know and especially as a woman then there's also the you know the marriage element and kids your biological clock and stuff yeah so you know I'm, I'm i get those moments but it's not about not letting those moments in it's about going 
you are a warrior and yeah. you are doing oh, yeah. something that yeah. like ninety nine percent of the population do not have the balls to do. So go get us, you know. Well, no, know that that we feel that way even at twenty five. I was talking to my mom. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to my mom the other day, and I was like, "But it, but if I quit my job now, the where is it going to put me?" And she's like, "You're twenty five years old." But in my mind, I'm thinking like, "But then I'm going to be." 26 and then, and then I'm going to be dead and then, and then the world's going <laughs> to end and I, and I won't have been fulfilled and then I won't have any money and what's the point you know so yeah. well as someone who's 34 definitely quit your job now and just go wild and enjoy yourself and make as many mistakes as you possibly can this is now. so reassuring that, that, that would be my advice, <laughs> advice and when I was 25 I was like incoherent so you're <laughs> 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 definitely on the right path oh my goodness yeah, so. I literally have to tell my boss um, tomorrow. So, so this is <laughs> I want to say. Well, you know what? Uh, Lydia told me I had to quit. So, so yeah, here it is. Just, just play them this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my, my gosh! gosh. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you about, which I think is really interesting, we talked with one of our very first guests about how the MMA world, and I, I want to say specifically MMA because just because I don't want to speak on behalf of boxing or just jujitsu specifically, but I feel yeah. like um, the MMA world is kind of was bred. Speaking of the sort of fight club underground scene you know fights were kind of pushed underground for a really really long time i think up until at least fairly recently here in the states with it being on espn and it being so mainstream in that way but one point that one of our guests made was the fact that because mma was pushed underground for so long in a way it was kind of a blessing in disguise because the digital sort of marketing the digital sort of world kind of grew and i think that we're seeing it now more so than any other sport i think in the world MMA has such a strong digital footprint and so many media sources are coming from the digital world rather than coming from traditional talk TV. And I think that you're such a good example um, of the success of the digital world. And if you wouldn't mind just talking us through how you got started with uh, formerly MMA Connect TV and now Fight Connect Connect TV. Yeah, of course. Um, You know, so when I I had started jiu-jitsu, I basically was offered a job for a mixed martial arts promotion called Bama. And they were kind of like wanting the scene in the UK and Ireland and they they were starting to kind of um, move into Europe. And they had asked me to just come on board to do some social media. So it was like in the run-up to a fight night in Dublin, they were at the Three Arena. It was their debut show, which is like this huge 12-seater venue or 12,000 capacity-seater venue. Mm -hmm. So I was like, yeah, cool, no problem, I'll come along. So it was just about, like, you know, getting fighters to send videos of their training and posting right. it on social media, on, like, Instagram and Facebook. And, you know, from that then, obviously, I was invited to, you know, cover fight week. So we would have the fighters coming in from the hotel, or sorry, from the airport, we'd go to their hotel, weight cut, you know, training in the hotel. Mm-hmm. Then I was kind of, like, asked to do sort of, you know, coordination. So, like, you know, just kind of a fighter needs to go somewhere, okay, I can sort that out, you know. So just right. kind yeah. of assistance you know just kind of helping out with like making sure everything's running smooth and then obviously you have the fight nights so I was at the fight nights and you know I'm like taking photographs or videos um you know for the for the promotions social media and it was just sort of this you know I'd never been in an environment like a fight night environment backstage before so you know I'd never been to a fight night before I'd obviously been to uh UFC with Connor mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so when when Connor McGregor fought and, and it was like Paddy Holham and Ashley Daly and Norman Park a load of Irish yeah. fighters are on the same card yeah. but obviously you're sitting in the crowd so you can't really appreciate you know what's the, yeah. the true kind of electricity yeah. of you know that what the fighter goes through from from the seat 
so it was just you know seeing you know the warm-up rounds and you know the sort of emotion of like the nerves and you know preparing and you know confidence or maybe self-doubt and then them walking that you know they get the call to make the walk and the walk to like the cage and as they're walking down you know through the hallways you have someone who's coming in victorious or you're coming and having someone coming in that's absolutely broken because you have to pass them you know so (laughs) you're just like you know at a wall just kind of letting them pass and you know you're you know just kind of taking it all in so I was just really kind of captivated by the sort of honesty and the really I feel that you know I've always been on kind of a quest for honesty Mm-hmm. and um, truth in my own life you know and you know I think maybe I searched for that um, with music and tried to find it within music and I couldn't really find it you know the only thing that was true and honest was actually the creative process and, and the writing and everything else that went with it was like you know fake really right. um, but but fighting and combat sports in particular, in particular these fight nights was like seeing a window into people that you know you know, it's such a brutal honesty and such a brutal sport in terms of like the the you know, it's like two people go into that cage or that room yeah. Yeah. and one person comes out victorious and the other loses, you know. Uh, uh, so something that drew me in. So I worked for them for like about another year mm-hmm. and then as I was working, I just had Snapchat, you know, and uh-huh. I just Snapchatting my own, you know, just like little videos or whatever. And then, you know, people were saying, oh, that's like so good. And oh my God, like, you know, uh, he looked really confident before he fought, you know, I, or, I knew he was going to win or oh, I win that video that you posted. You know, he looked a little bit like nervous, you mm-hmm. know, and I didn't think he was going to win. So it was just kind of this conversation, this sort of community that was building. And then um, I just started going to like local shows. So I just started like buying a ticket, going to like regional shows on my own, you know, because I had no friends right. that were into <laughs> yeah, uh, combat sports. They were like, why are you, are you kidding me? Like they barely went to see like football or a soccer match with their boyfriends, you know. Yeah. And the guys that I hung out with at the time were all into music and, you know, not really, didn't really understand it either. Right. Um, so I started going around and I just started like filming little bits and then, People would say, you know, they'd message me on like a Wednesday night and be like, oh, there's a show on Saturday night. Are you going to be going? I have to work. Like, I'm dying to see such and such voice. And, you know, oh, I'm like, yes, awesome. I am going, you know. <laughs> and then really I was like, there's something in this. Yeah. So I just literally over Christmas when I had time off from work and I was at home at Christmas and I was like, do you know what? I'm going to start like a an online interview like I'm just going to interview fighters like they've got so they're so exciting they've got so much to say <laughs> yeah absolutely. you know there's this whole world that like I just don't know about and I really want to find out about them so I mailed every contact that I had from music as in like film or video or anyone who done an interview with me and I was like look I have this idea I don't know who I'm going to get to do the interview and I don't know like what I'm going to you know what it'll be about yeah. but I just have this idea and I think it will work I think it'll be brilliant so there was this girl um, that I knew and she was like look this guy that I know actually trains a little bit and I think he might be interested in what your your plan so give him a ring I rang this guy out of nowhere and I was like hi I got your number <laughs> uh, this is my plan like she said that you train as well like what do you yeah. think and he's like yeah cool like let's do it like it'd be great and he's like who do you want to do the interviews and I was like I don't know and he was like, well, you need to you need to find someone to do an interview. And I was like, yeah. And then he's like, well, what are you going to do? And I was like, well, I don't know. Like, I mean, 
be there to like see how it goes, <laughs> right. you know, like or, or Snapchat yeah. us while you're doing it, you know. And then he was like, "Why don't you just do it?" And I was like, "Oh, I don't know. Like, I I don't know. I don't know enough about the sport to talk about it. And anything that I'd seen online was all about, you know." Your knowledge the, of it and that sort of stuff. The knowledge of the yeah. sport, the technicality, the breakdown, yeah. you know, and it was like double dutch to me. I was like watching all these entries going like, I have no clue what they're talking about. <laughs> right. Even though I was doing jiu-jitsu. Yeah, yeah. You know I mean? But it's, it's, it's different to, to be able to articulate it and, and actually really, like, really have the confidence to, to talk about it in that way. Yeah. So yeah. I, I feel yeah, 100%. you. 100%. Absolutely. Um, so we, we went, the, um, I was like, why? Well, I, I, you know, I had obviously met people through jiu-jitsu, through doing the fight nights with Obama, so I knew a couple of different fighters. And I was like, well, we need someone like a big name to like launch the, the program. Mm-hmm. And the idea was that I wanted it to be, um, you know, like a TV. I was very aware from like my work in social media and PR that like terrestrial TV was dying out and that social media was yeah. the new thing. Mm-hmm. Netflix, you know, YouTube, watching videos online, you know, and that's how the younger generation were, were accessing programs that they wanted to watch. Mm-hmm. So. I was like, okay, I want it to be like an online TV show and it's on every social medium. And, you know, no matter what you're on, you'll get a video from MMA Connect TV or Fight Connect TV. Uh-huh. And um, so that was the plan that I wanted to do. So like, this was my kind of master. I was like, this is, you know, where I wanted to go. I didn't know how it was going to do, uh, what the content was going to be like, but I knew that that's, that's yeah. the way that it was going to be done. So I was like, okay, I need a big name. Who do I know? And I was like going through it, and I was like, obviously Connor is too big. Yeah. I was like, there's no way that he's going to do like no. Hi Connor, uh, just like, do you want to start this TV show? <laughs> hey, can you so help I me? was like, yeah, I was like, who else is there? So I was good friends with Artie Rope. Okay. Time. Obviously now, you know, I thought Connor's right hand man. Yeah. Yeah. Him and you know, he's in all of his camps and different things. So I called Artie and I was like, look, I have this idea, and I think it could be really good. And he was so good. He just was like 100%. He was like, when do you want me to do it? And I was like, this was a Friday morning. And I was like, this Sunday. And he was like, okay. <laughs> he was like, I'll be on. He was like, oh, you know, obviously Sunday's my rest day. I'm not training. So yeah, let's do it. Wow. So I went home and I like, you know, Googled every article, video, like everything that I could like find on him. And I was like, why? Just know about him and just ask him, you know, my, my interview plan was to just find out all the information and be like so on the 23rd of september 1962 <laughs> your grandfather done this you know like yes that is correct and hope that that would be how my interview would go yeah. um so i had like all this paperwork and i was like you know fluffing you know trying to like sitting down to the interview i'm so nervous and um we done it in like a bar called the Workman's Club in Dublin, which mm-hmm. is on the Keys. Um, the River Liffey in Dublin, it's a very famous spot. But it was where I played for years in the band. So I was oh, like, I know so this cool. place. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of full circle. So I knew the owners because obviously I played there. Yeah. And um, I was like, look, I have this plan for this TV show. Can we come? And they were like, yeah, Sunday's a point. Yeah, no problem. You come in before we open and you can do it. So Arson came down and sat down and... Before I knew it, like all the questions that were on the sheet, I was not answering. I was not asking them at all. I was just like, you know, it was just too much for me to look at the sheet, to look at him, to look at the camera. So I just basically spoke to him. I just had a conversation about what are you doing and like what's going on at the moment? How did you get into this? And then, you know, like in little things that I didn't know about him, like he told me that he started ballet because his mom wouldn't let him. Uh, box he wants to be a boxer and when he was in Russia his mother was like no it's too dangerous 
Classic. Um, I went to ballet instead. You know, he he became a ballet dancer, and um, you know, so just different things like that that I didn't know about him at the time as a friend. You know, so it was really cool. So we put it online, and it done really well. I think it done like a thousand views, and at the time, I was like. A thousand views. Oh my God. Yeah. A thousand people. Is this a celebrity? I'm a celebrity. I was, now. Like, I was like, oh my God, I was like, I'm going to be rich in a year. I'm going to be like so famous. You know, um, so I just started doing like these sort of one on one interviews mm-hmm. and then putting them online and they started doing really well. And then I went to a show called Akuma, which is mm-hmm. in the north of Ireland. It's in Northern Ireland. Mm-hmm. Um, a place called Oma and uh, I turned up and we were just going to shoot a video like a promo video for mm-hmm. the, the the show so that was the plan mm-hmm. to just you know cover the you know uh, highlights of the fights and the crowd and I was like if we can make these little cool videos like maybe promoters will hire us to make them for them and you know we could sell them and different stuff so when I turned up the promoter was like, oh, great, you're here. This is the media room. And I was like, Whoop. oh, I don't need to be in a media room. <laughs> I'm not media. You know, I'm not a journalist. And he was yeah. like, no, no, you have to. He was like, um, this other uh, media outlet called Severe MMA. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And the guys who, who own Severe MMA, obviously, they have been heavily involved with Conair as well. They've done his documentary, The Notorious, yeah, right. and, you know, from footage that he, from that time when they were with him. So they were doing interviews, post-fight interviews at the time. He was like, they were meant to come and they haven't showed up, so you're here. And I was like, no, I couldn't, like, possibly couldn't do it. Like, no, I'm just not able. So um, he was like, no, no, you have to. Like, seriously, you'll be, like, really helping me out here. So I was like, right, how hard is going to be? Let's do it. Oh, my gosh. So I went in, we got set up, and then the first fighter came in, and I was just like, again, something just took over me, and I just started asking him about the lead-up to, like, his fight camp. Why yeah. did you get involved in the sport? You know, you know, were you practicing drilling arm bars, you know, to get that finished? Was that something that you had like meditated going in or you know, what's it like training at your gym and different things? So before I knew it it was like, you know, four or five interviews in and it was just absolutely fine. And then, you know, um Paddy Hoonahan was there. So obviously this is like, you know, massively full circle because obviously it was on his massive podcast a couple weeks ago and it done so well, but I went down to Paddy and I was like, hey, Paddy, and he was like, hey, how are you? And I was like, what? And I was like, can I interview you? And he was like, about what? And I was like, I mean, you. You, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what do you and mean? And he was like, what do you mean? He was like, what do you mean you don't know? And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to ask you. Like, I just know that I want to interview you. So he was like, ah, fuck it. Yeah, cool. Come on, let's go. So we went upstairs <laughs> uh, to the media room and done interview. And like, it was funny because he brought that up as well. Like, he was like, I remember you like four years ago, you know, this little like innocent head, like, <laughs> like can I interview you? You're like, you know? Nothing's changed, um, I'm still me. Really nothing changed, yeah. Um, but that's really how it happened, you know. It was like, um, just started doing that, started going to different shows. Then, you know, different promoters are messaging me, being like, hey, you were at so and so shows last week, like, oh, mine. And I was like, yeah. book it in, you know. So, um, just started getting books and then obviously through that then just started developing different you know doing documentaries or doing like proper sit down interviews that were right. longer maybe 20 minutes or a half an hour um 
And then I had like a a lot of different people that came along to film and for different reasons dropped off, you know, throughout the months. Like, you know, obviously there's no money and mm-hmm. at the time there was no money in it. So it was very hard to get people to be dedicated or to give up their free time, you know, for something that wasn't making money at the time and, you know, something that, um, you know, was taking them away from what they wanted to do in their spare time. And I definitely appreciate it as, you know, nobody's going to be as dedicated as I am because yeah, it's my baby and it's my yeah. company at the end of the day, you know, but I, I do find that very hard to, unless something as like, you know, a boss mm-hmm. that I find very hard to um, overcome is that people aren't going to be as dedicated and that people will come, they'll learn from you, they'll learn how you do stuff and then they'll leave and then they might yeah. use what they've learned off you for their own company. Yeah. Yeah, so that's just something that you have to just embrace and that's just part of the the program and the way I look at it is that nothing is stopping me to do that from somebody else as well down the right. line. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, like, it's true. And it's, it's not in a kind of like a, a greedy like oh I'm gonna like, you know everyone's just working for everyone to like steal their knowledge but it's just kind of like a process that takes right. place. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And in, in, in similar to jiu-jitsu and similar to like um, in a gym like where a coach would teach their mm-hmm. students everything they know and then they might maybe become better than them and they may go off and they may open their own gym or they may yeah. become you know go working at a different culture whatever but, yeah. but it doesn't um, take away from you you know just because exactly. these people are doing yeah. these things at the end of the day like you're still like exactly. you and you still no matter what they learn they're you know you can only learn so much from a person I feel and at the end of the day like somebody may come and and, and work for you but they might not totally get the full picture and they might think oh i can learn from lydia and then be my own lydia but they're never going to be you so yeah yeah it's exactly like- exactly and that's a really key detail as well because there was a lot of competitors at the start where that were starting to like use the format that i use like mm-hmm. the style that i'm mm-hmm. you know, trying to emulate it yeah even like with the the, the way that content was was written and a lot of wow. people say to me, oh, you know, you should call out that person and you should say, you know, you should email them and be like, look, I know that you're like basically ripping off my brand. And yeah. Do yeah. And I was like, no, I was like, because my brain continues to work every single day. Like yeah. there's a creative moment in my brain every single day. And yeah. I will always move forward and always do something new. And if you emulate someone or you try and like, you know, essentially rip someone off or take, you know, try and use their creative output as your own then you're always behind them yeah you know? oh, so yeah. Let, totally. let, let them be behind me I don't worry about stuff like that at all yeah. you know and um, when I was dealing with these like people leaving and I couldn't get anyone that was like so as committed as I was and I was like well I just have to learn to like fill in myself like, yeah that's yeah the only way that I can do it and I know that I can rely on myself I was like so nervous because it, you go, you feel what if you don't hit record or something happens? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. There's so many things you know, that can go wrong, and then it's kind so of all on you. Yeah. Oh, it's terrible. And you get home then, and you're just like, it's the worst feeling in the world. Yeah. You get home, and you're like, it didn't record. And you spent all oh, that effort, and you like, yeah. you know, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, like it's the worst ever. So, I just was like, right, what can I use? And I was like, I can use iPhones. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm going to get me a little iPhone. So I got like four iPhones. And Whoa. that's how I film. And I film everything on iPhones. Wow. Which is, some people are like, what? Is that for real? And I'm like, yeah, 100%. Because it's the only thing that I can manage. And yeah. With an it's iPhone, very portable. you can use it front. They're portable. They're light. You can edit on them. Yeah. Um, you can upload to laptop. Um, you can have a front-facing camera. You can connect a really good microphone. Oh, and yeah. so, I like, I mean, I have, obviously, the iPhone is like the screen. And yeah. then I have different connections and bits that I use with it. And I have a really good Sennheiser microphone. 
that um, plugs into it that was really expensive but is really good. So I've always I've um, always wondered this about you because I'm like I know yeah. she's using a phone, but then yeah. I'm like how does the audio? And then I know that you're probably in a pretty loud place, you know. So I'll be watching your videos. Mm. How does she get such good audio? But now now yeah. we know. Yeah. <laughs> so when I'm when I'm in the venue and I'm like around crowds, so I have a little lapel mic. So if I'm doing like Smart. to camera, amazing. You know, if I'm doing anything like to camera or like links or anything like that, then I have a little lapel mic that picks that up and mm-hmm. connects into the iPhone as well. It's perfect. And then when I'm doing interviews, I have like a proper SMizer microphone that is very much noise cancelling. So it's yeah. really cool. Works wonders. Seriously. <laughs> what has your experience been like being in this world of MMA media journalism and being a woman? Because, you know, like globally, there's not that many women evolved peripherally. And then to like, you know, focus it even more, you know, on Ireland and like in Europe, MMA is still fighting kind of um, not normalization, but I guess still trying to expand social acceptance. Maybe. Yeah. Like still trying to expand, you know, like how it is in the United States or like Brazil. Or, and so how has your experience been like as a woman? going into this sport that is still fairly you know male dominated and did you were there conflicts with people that are like felt you didn't belong or like what's that been like i mean i i have stories with anything you know what I mean? yeah like, absolutely I, i've always been someone that was like you know i'm not going to give in to that like the sexism i'm not going to give in to mm-hmm. oh it, it's only because i'm a woman oh i'm only like there are assholes in every factor oh life. absolutely like, no matter where you are working what your sex is but saying that i have felt it and i have seen it you know especially in we'll say combat sports media mm-hmm. um you know especially when you go to shows bigger shows that you know all the media are lumped together and you get that, you know, you do have that boys club and boys do stick together, you know, and no. um, unfortunately this sport is predominantly male-led. And yeah, you know, comments, I've had comments, you know, thrown at me. I've had people say stuff. I've had people try to belittle my work and, you know, say that I only get, I've only been successful because of how I look or because I'm a woman or because, you know, I'm using the art of flattery, you know, to, to get me where I am, you know, so... I definitely have experienced it, but I try not to so pay attention to it because yeah. I think it could be just very destructive. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know what? Like, it stems from something bigger than your sex. Mm. Oh, from, absolutely. You know, with, with, with your peers, it stems from jealousy. You know, totally. and, yeah. And like, I mean, I'm not going to rag on guys either because, like, the majority of men, the majority of people that I have on the show are men. You know, and yeah. they've definitely contributed yeah, yeah. to me having success. But also, um, I'm not going to rag on them because, you know, I've definitely experienced women being equally, oh, yeah. if not more. In a very different way, I'm sure. In a very yeah. different way. Yeah. You know, like, and it's, I'm kind of blessed at the moment because I'm sort of on my own. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's not a lot of quote-unquote competition at the moment for, like, where, I'm, where I am. So, but I'm sure that will change, you know. And yeah. I'm obviously something that I'm, I'm still trying to figure out and, and deal with. It's more prevalent on the business side about the sexism. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I find that if I was a man in the business end of it, if I was a man that it was had his own business, then I think maybe there would be a better support. Um, yeah. Infrastructure there. Yeah. Really. Yeah. People would have seen um, you maybe as like more of a, like, oh, it's so cool you're taking this entrepreneurial route. Whereas like maybe now it's like, like, why? Or th- there's like a questioning I, behind I it. Think, yeah. I think for a lot of, you know, 
and, and again, this isn't, I'm not talking about people that I meet on the front line, as in like, you know, that I interview or yeah, yeah. James or anyone like that. I'm talking about sort of like in way in the depth in the background when you're like trying to like get investment or mm-hmm. you're trying to close deals or different stuff like that. You know, I definitely feel that it's confusing for people to have a woman that is, you know, as driven as I am, mm-hmm. as impassioned as I am, yeah. as focused and has a plan, you know, and yeah. that I know what I'm doing. I know where I'm going. And, you know, I had, I had a business, I'm trying to give, I'm trying to think of all the different things and then I'm like, oh no, that's not a good example because it's just, it could be anything. But I did have a business meeting, um, recently actually. And the guy who was, um, you know, kind of curating the meeting, um, it was about a deal that I was trying to close Mm -hmm. and he was saying, you know, oh, we could do this. And I think I'd like, you know, another brand will say to be involved in this deal. And I was like, okay, he's like, but I just can't seem to get him to understand the, um, you know, what we want to do together and, you know, the plan that we have in place. He doesn't seem to understand it. And I said, well, maybe it would be better if I actually deliver it to him because I'm the one who's like, you know, I'm the one who'll be driving this. Yeah. And he's just whipped around. He said, he's not going to talk to you. He's not going to talk to a woman. So like, I was like, what, what the hell? <laughs> Then, well, he's going to go into business with a woman, so... Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Tough luck there. I'm like, in that moment, I just kind of like... That's so bizarre. Sort of looked everywhere other than at him, you know, and I kind of surprised myself. I thought I'd be a little bit more badass. Yeah. I thought that I'd like turn over a table and throw a chair at him. Fuck you, I'm out of here. (laughs) But um, I didn't. I just kind of went, okay, okay, well, that's, you know, interesting to hear that. And I just kind of swallowed it. And it was like one of those moments where, you know, you read on Twitter someone's experience of something similar and they say, and I just froze and I didn't know what to say. Yeah. And you're like, oh, oh just God, say something. Just, just like said something, this, you know, but it's like a typical thing. And I was, I, I was confused in the moments of how to act on my impulse and be offended or to choose my business hat and just be like, okay, and leave. And, you know, yeah. I, I left and I finished the meeting. I was there for another like 45 minutes. Oh my and I was gosh. like, yeah, okay, well, we could do this, blah, blah. And then when I left, I was like, I am never going to work for that person ever. And I am never going to go into another contract with him again because. Like, that's ridiculous. Um, he's extremely old fashioned in his views, you know. So, stuff like that happens. Yeah. It, has, it has happened quite a bit. I've also been told that I, I am too much of a distraction. Cage like I, it's so funny that somebody would say that that you're a distraction. I don't know how like you're, you're a professional. What a, well, he had, now this this was like a very long time ago, and the person who said to me has since apologized. And oh, good. Like you know, at humble pie, it's been like, <laughs> gone on to do yeah amazing things, and you know, I hope you know I was only trying to look out for you at the time, but like I, I when I work, I wear you know um sport, I wear at leisure wear. You know, I wear yeah. like leggings, trainers, like you know, zip up top or whatever. Yeah. And um, uh, I was just cage side and I was like, do my job. And he was like, can I talk to you outside? It's like, you know, you're a distraction. I feel like you're a distraction for the people who are working cage side and for the flyers. And, you know, you're wearing knee tight pants and, you know, you can see your shape and... Oh no, you have a shape? I was like, sorry. Bizarre. Should I... <laughs> You know, and it was, it was just like hilarious because, like, I mean, as he's saying this, there's like ring girls, you know, in underwear. Yeah, exactly. You know, in, in the ring, but that's okay because that's their, you know, that's their job. That's their their job, and that's their, you know. But like, this is your job. Like that. 
it's my job yeah so um <laughs> Bizarre. Yeah, you know it was like i i have a very kind of you know different approach to you know business and people and and i think it, i learned a lot i burned a lot of bridges when i was in the bands and i was in music and mm-hmm. i went when i was faced with you know criticism or an opinion that i didn't like i was really overly negative i used to just like you know how dare you you know right. you yeah. do that to me so now i'm very different you know if somebody has an opinion of me or they say something to me i just take it on board and i just like say okay no problem and i leave and i know you know i'm, I'm never gonna that person won't ever be in my circle or i'll never work with them yeah or right. you know and i don't go and i don't you know bitch about them to somebody else or anything i just take it and i just see it for what it is and i move on you know and yeah. some people agree with that and some people don't but um i just don't think i think life is too short and i think um you know there's seven degrees of separation between everybody someone is always connected to someone and you know there's things that i've done 10 years ago or said to people and you know it can come back on you you know there's been times where you know in recent years that someone will go like oh i remember you know whatever (laughs) that was a really bad time in my life (laughs) or or especially if i said something in an interview you know like i used to be very vocal on interviews when i was in the band and i used to you know, be like, I used to kind of just say other people's opinions because I thought it was, um, like it, would, right it would sound good. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, so the guys in the band, if they had an opinion on maybe a different band or somebody else, I would say it because I was like the voice of their band. Right. Yeah. It's so interesting because I think, I mean, just, just watching your stuff, I think that if anything, you being a woman is so helpful because yeah. especially, you know, when I see you talk to ki- like kids or young males, it seems like their guards come down a little bit and any sort of like nervous energy they have seems to go away. You just seem so, and you know, for, for me, yeah, you just seem so welcoming and kind. So I don't see how, how anyone could ever have said anything against you because well, if anything, you're getting <laughs> such a good perspective. You're getting such an honest perspective. Yeah. It's not, you know, well, I think you, you were right to the point that it comes from like a jealousy, you know, the, the things that someone told you that, that you're like, uh, not, not flirtatious, but just say, um, flattering or, um, you know, distracting. distracting all of these things. And it's like, well, but that's like your superpower as a woman being approachable, like the, the, the stereotypes, you know, that like women are maternal and warm and welcoming and like fertile and all of those things. It's like, I feel like in this world, it's a superpower because it's, you know, people are fighting. <laughs> they like need to be comforted. And, you know, you are such a calm and even presence. So I'm sure for someone that like really needs to figure things out, they're fighting like that is very welcome versus if it was another man, you know, they, they come kind of from the same well, yeah. flow of like aggression. And exactly. And I feel that I'm distracting because I think I have an aura, you know, yeah, I have yes. an aura because I work on my aura. You know, yeah. when I work, I meditate and I am conscious about being positive and a good energy. Mm-hmm. You know, I believe in energy and I believe we all have energy. And when you have good yeah. energy, like a light bulb, you attract absolutely you know, people to look or people to be attracted yeah, to. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not, you know, some people who don't understand that see it in the, the negative aspect of, you know, your sexuality or how you look yeah. or your physical appearance or whatever it is, you know. And now it's a little bit different because with the, sh- the success of maybe the show and stuff like that, you know, if I go to a show and if I am case, like maybe there's people that be like, oh, can I get a picture or whatever, but that's not, you know, it's not, that's not really an excuse to, to say that to anyone. But, no. um, yeah, yeah, look, it was a long time ago and, 
you know, I'm definitely over it and I, I still speak to him now, but it's just, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, it's good to talk about it as well because it's good for, you know, maybe somebody else that would be in my position to know that, you know, it happens. No matter yeah. how well you do in business or in life, there'll always be someone that will feel that they have a right to tell you how they feel about mm-hmm. yeah. you. Something that we've kind of been realizing and also, you know, discuss this um, just between ourselves is that it's really cool to see women find a foothold in the sport on in the on the media side you know like from the few that we've had the chance to talk to like Karen Bryan and Carolyn Pierce and like Cynthia Vance and now yourself that you're doing these jobs that no one really expects you to do and you're doing them very very well and partially of that is because of you know like things that women are predisposed to which is talking and diffusing situations and calming people down and being nurturing in a way. And it's, it's like fascinating how women are finding empowerment in this venue of fighting without necessarily having to get in, in the, the cage themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I definitely agree, you know, um, and I think the, the beauty of women and the beauty of our um, traits and yeah. you know, our impairments are, are what lead me to be able to do what I do well and Absolutely. it's it's what you you say it's like that people do open up to me and I do I, it, it's it, you know the amount of guys in particular that I've interviewed after a fight and they talk to me about like a parent having cancer or oh gosh, that yeah. they are well, you know yeah are in this fight camp because they broke up with their girlfriend or their boyfriend or whatever it might be or just they open up in some way um, and my ability to be able to process that and to kind of be with them and be present in that moment with them in that exchange is part is because I'm a woman and because I'm empathic and because I'm maternal and because I it's ingrained in me and yeah. it's because I have the freedom to be able to do that myself right. as in yeah. I don't have a boss right. and I don't have somebody telling me that I have to stick to a regime or that I have to stick to a technicality in, in, in an interview or whatever it is so I think that's why sets what I do apart from you know the kind of although they do fantastic jobs yeah, of course. Asking, yeah. It, it's it, just different at the top of their game it's different yeah. and we all bring this like special little different quality um, to the sport and to the, the the broadcast and to the reporting of the sport that, you know, you might not get out with men. Also, listen, you know, men do, like, again, men do a fantastic job at it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The majority of broadcast is men. And, you know, that's because, you know, a lot of people, that's what we've been programmed to enjoy and different things, yeah. you know. But I think as well, it's, it's still, especially with combat sports, um, sports in general, but even in particular with combat sports, it's very hard for society to watch a woman in those kind of roles I go oh she actually does know what she's talking about or (laughs) she's making sense on that she has an interesting viewpoint you know so yeah um and then I think it's brilliant that we can look good as well you know yeah yeah be attractive and like you know have I there's nothing more than I enjoy than any kind of like sports broadcast or interview or whatever it might be and it's done by a woman and they're like cool and like they look great and they sound great and they're really informed and they're just dead to earth. I'm like, yes, I love it. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? I'm like, yes, yeah, absolutely. Brilliant, you know? Yeah. That's great. That's how I feel about Caroline Pierce. Every time I see her, I'm like, this woman, yeah. like, how are you so beautiful and so knowledgeable and so yeah, good? She's yeah. brilliant. She's so, so good. And I've ne- I haven't met her yet, so I'm hoping I get to meet her oh, yeah, soon, you know, like- but she's like, I mean, in terms of like, 
you guys have a, a good few over in the States, but in terms of over here, she's yeah. leading the way, you know. She's yeah, no, yeah. Yes. That I look up to, you know, and she's like a fantastic ambassador for the sport. And, you know, and the same thing, she gets on very, very well with all the people that she interviews. And yep. that's not something that you can, um, you can learn, you know, it's not yeah. something yeah. that you can, you can be taught, you know, so it's, it's, it's really great. It's, it's so funny that, that you said that like good, like good looking women knowing about, knowing about the sport, because we always like kind of laugh when we go to bars and guys will come up to our table and try and try educate to, us try and educate us you know and we're like yeah <laughs> and we're like oh here. let's sit down let's uh, let it let's, let's educate <laughs> but the other yeah, absolutely and sometimes when i'm in those situations i have to kind of like just sit back and just like bite my teeth oh i know and yeah like mm, oh. interesting concept yeah <laughs> you know like oh he was getting like you know Grand and pan value in close guard. You know, he should have just got up. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. He could have just got up. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Just stand up. So simple. Yeah. Why didn't you think and of it's that? Just like, and it's unfortunate that you can't say to everyone in that moment, like, okay, get into my close guard. Now you try and get up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you're just on the floor in a bar 24 7. You know what I mean? For <laughs> oh my God. So and, like, you know, considering like your jujitsu experience, you, they would be even doubly shook. <laughs> well, <they'd laughs> be, exactly, exactly. And I have, like, I have to start myself now because like I embarrassed my friend so much but like there's been times where like guys would gone like you couldn't choke me out and I'm like I know I can't and like, nah, I I'm like do you want me to do it right now or do you want to wait until we're outside you know and it's like you know saying to the bar manager like, can I just Brilliant. check this guy out for one minute you're like it's completely consensual this is what it's, we do for fun honestly I mean we're getting consciousness in like about 30 seconds It'll yeah he's fine, gonna be completely know? fine <laughs> <laughs> oh my yeah, gosh it's, it's really funny i was talking to a guy that i work with uh, he and i were la- watching a diego sanchez video and we we're just laughing you know um yeah. uh, about some, something that diego said and there was a girl nearby and she she couldn't obviously understand what we were laughing about and she goes oh like your humor's so weird and i was like just because you don't understand you know i think like all mma fans have a certain kind of sense of humor you know like ch- whether it's choking somebody out in a bar or, or, or laughing over some yeah. uh, some silly thing and so it's it's just so funny sometimes interacting with people um on, on the outside and, and seeing how how different our, our humor might be <laughs> it's like a strange community that we're in yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's good. It's good, and it's grown as well. So oh, man. more weirdos coming to the back. I great. love it. I, yeah. I seriously love it. The the more and more we go on, we, we meet people. And we talk about. Oh yeah, you know, we have this this podcast, and they're like, okay, what's it about? I'm like, oh, it's about women in combat sports. And they're like, oh, like you follow that sort of thing, and just the sort of people that kind of come out of the woodwork and that are are even just kind of peripherally engaged now they're becoming more and more excited with i don't know the expanding sort of community at large yeah. it's just so crazy yeah. to, for me to see you know um because i'm sure like That's good. yeah it's good you know like w- i'm sure when we all became fans is such a small- it was an effort to be a fan and it's it's great <laughs> yeah. that a lot of that has uh since evened out and you know to the point you were saying how uh you had to learn to kind of uh, be okay with you know people work for you and then they leave and then they start kind of a similar operation to what you're doing and i was thinking like my initial thought was like oh man those assholes why are they stealing your format but then um you know you're talking through how you're like no it's like whatever like i'm just gonna focus on myself well but then also it expands the coverage of the sport itself yeah. and i guess at the end of the day as fans you know as people that really love this world that's all we're trying to do and mm-hmm. i don't know if you like think sometimes perhaps it's a little bit flattering that these people 
maybe they also wanted to expand the view of the sport, but they never figured out how to do it. And then you came up with this incredible idea and they're like, oh, here's my path. Like, here's the way I do yeah, it. I liken it to, so I don't know if you know, guys know a band called Oasis. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So <laughs> when I, Oasis are my favorite band. And when Noel Gallagher writes a song or has wrote a song, like, you know, back in the day, whether it's Death, Death and Maybe or whatever, like all of their classics wrote this some might say whatever it is it's all so simple and the lyrics are so clever and he writes in a way that is the he writes in the same way that people in the pub sit down and have a point and talk to each other mm-hmm. like he's oh. able to connect resonate with yeah. people on crazy level that like you hear it and you go why didn't I think of that you know <laughs> yeah. he, it's so good it's, it's so simple, simple it's so yeah. good you know what I mean and I think it's kind of that, that similar you know thing as well as that it's you either have a creative brain that is able to be creative in the avenue that you want yeah. to be in or that you are in or you don't yeah. um, people are good at different things you know like it doesn't mean like oh you're some people are great something not everyone's good at something you know yeah. what I mean so if you're good at a particular thing and then that you're lacking maybe a creative element in it then I totally understand that, you know. Yeah. So, um, it it doesn't it doesn't really bother me. What kind yeah. of bothers me if it, if you know people try and make out like they've done it first or that, yeah, yeah you yeah. know, they're breaking the mold. Yeah, you know, it's like I've been doing that for years. Yeah, you know? yeah. But thankfully, it doesn't it doesn't happen that often. And and if I'm being honest, even when I do, it does kind of like rattle me a little bit. If I'm like, God, like, you know, I worked really hard to like think of that concept or whatever it is. What usually happens is I kind of like, I'm mad for, you know, an hour or half a day or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And then the rest of that day, I'm like writing down new ideas. Yeah. Right? You know what I mean? So yeah. it kind it of kind like fuels you. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? That's, that's the, that's the beauty of it. And, and I think like we were talking about earlier on, when that stops, you know, when I don't care, mm-hmm. yeah. when I, when, when I see something with someone else and I go, ah, oh, you know, that doesn't matter or oh, let them do it or, you know, I don't really, caring more than that's when I know that's it's time for me to yeah. uh we want to say thank you so much for giving us so much of your time and and we don't be patient and and, and being so patient with us with stupid google um (laughs) giving us the wrong time um but we of course want to give you the opportunity to shout out um where to find you and and hopefully we we can get your listenership or your your viewership up because more people need to see need need to see the good stuff and i think you know in a in a really like sort of selfish way i think watching Fight Connect TV is a good way for for at least people in the United States to kind of get ahead on on the new Irish talent that's coming that's coming yeah. out of there. So absolutely, yeah, hundred percent. And I'm going to be doing a lot more in the UK as well. Oh, I'm awesome! Like Brilliant. Europe, so you guys will see a lot more um, uh, fighters and stories from there. Yes. But also, it's so good to talk to you guys as well because this is my first American podcast. Oh Ooh, no way! So yes. You are our first international Yes. Yeah. Well, if you're ever in in will. California, you know you you have to hit us up. We'll have to take you around. Hundred hey! <laughs> percent. I would love that. So um, you you make sure that you let all the promoters know in California that uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Available for hire. <laughs> we will. Don't worry. Uh, but yeah, all your listeners can um, 
find out more about uh, Fight Connect TV on uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and it's just at Fight Connect TV. Easy um, enough. So yeah, that's everything. And thank you very much for awesome. us. I really, really appreciate your time. No, so, thank, thank you. you so much, Lydia. We, we we really appreciate this, and we think so many people will will be able to learn and grow. And just so exciting to have another woman in our in our community. So so we really really appreciate. You giving us your time. Good stuff. I got you. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Okay. All right. You too. Take care. Okay. Take care, Lydia. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Cage Free Chicks. If you want to know more about us, slide into our DMs on Instagram and Twitter at Cage Free Chicks. C H I X. Also, please download, share, and leave us a review on iTunes. We would greatly appreciate it. And if you want to be our next guest, you can reach us by email, cagefreechicks, C-H-I-X, at gmail.com. Until next time.